0: Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. We uh, sat around our table yesterday and uh, we decided to plot some family goals. We're a couple of weeks late. That's fine. Um, We'll still hit our timeframes by December 31st, I hope. But we sat down, uh, our little family have got a six-year-old boy and a three-year-old boy. And we sat down and said, boys, we're going to map out some goals. And they looked at us funny. They're like, what's a goal? Mum and dad said, well, a goal is something that we speak out and we agree and it's something that we aim towards to make us better, a better three-year-old boy, a better six-year-old boy, a better mum, a better dad. And they just nodded and went, okay, and I don't think that they got it. And then we started to plot them. So my wife looked at me and then looked down at me and then looked up at me and I said, so for instance, daddy will lose weight this year. And uh, she looked lovingly at me, um, but anyway, and and then we started suggesting things to them. So six-year-old, you can swim 10 laps of the pool, up and back, 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 and and the three-year-old, well, you can learn to ride your pedal bike that you got for last Christmas, but you're too scared of riding and have been for the last 12 months. And uh, maybe we can have, start having dry nights. Please, Lord, can we start having dry nights? That is a goal that we want for 2023. And uh, we plotted them all. And we wanted to do this and introduce them to this concept of bettering ourselves of seeing what we're good at and what we're not good at and being okay with that. And our six-year-old was very forthcoming with a few things that he wanted to work on, um, a few things that were in his report card last year, his year one report card, and that was all fantastic and we were very proud of the way that they engaged in that process. And so we hope through that process that they will be able to work out, okay, well, I understand a challenge. A challenge is something that I'm not able to do yet, but through um, persistence and patience... I'll be able to get there. And so we're not necessarily new year's resolution people. We're not uh, but we are goal setters and so we use this time to uh, just put something out to speak it out over each other to encourage one another and uh, and to hopefully see that come to fruition over the course of 12 months. It's easy, it's measurable, it's specific. And so when we start this time of year We as Christians, we as a church at the chapel, we think, yes, all right, good. Now is a time where we've got a fresh 12 months. We can see um, the next uh, calendar year. It's a good idea. It's a good time to be able to put something in place to make ourselves better, whatever that may be. And now that is a good thing. That can also be a God thing. And so it's fine if you are not a New Year's resolution person. Um, Years ago I wasn't and I would often be that person just on the first Sunday of January just sitting in church going, yeah, well, my New Year's resolution is not to have a resolution at all this year. (laughs) And I now look back at myself from 15 years ago and I'm not proud of that. But anyway, and it wasn't funny either and I thought it was funny. Anyway, has anyone read their Facebook posts from 15? years ago and just going, oh, delete that. I was that person. Oh, yuck. I don't like that. Anyway, praise God for, no, just me. Fine. All right. Just, just, just me that doesn't like 10, uh, 10 year ago, Andrew. Yeah? Did you like, yeah, you did. We were together. <laughs> uh, anyway, but, We as a church, we're just about to go into prayer and fasting uh, at the end of this month. And then two weeks after, uh, two weeks into that, we're just about to go into Vision Sunday. So we love this time of year. We love to look at our lives. We love to look at what God has in store for us. We love to stretch. We love to pray. We love to speak out in faith the decisions that we want to make, the plans that we think God has for us. And we take this time to go, God, what do you want for me? What part do you want me to play in the chapel? What part do you want me to play in your kingdom? What part do you want to work on in me so that I can become a better person, a better Christian, a better citizen, a more effective person in your kingdom? That is a scary thought. That is a scary prayer. But I guarantee it is always good. Now, I don't know how you work towards these things. I don't know how you make big key life decisions. Um, I like to wait on the Lord and take steps as well. Um, My wife, she makes a decision. She goes for it. She achieves it. It's fantastic. She doesn't muck around. If she hasn't heard from the Lord, um, she'll just go right forward and get it done and achieve it. And she's usually always right. And uh, me, I like to take my time. I like to consider uh, all the options and I like to see as far as I can. I don't muck around necessarily, um, but I'm not as fast as my wife. So she thinks I muck around. I don't. Anyway, um, so anyway, I just wanted to think about what, how, how I go about these things. And maybe you can think about that too. Are you a researcher? Do you get an A4 piece of paper, draw down the line and go pros and cons? Um, do you talk to people? Do you mind map? Do you have a whole whiteboard of stuff going on like minority report? Do you, um, do you just wing it? Or do you just bury your head in the sand? I don't know. You might know. You might be confused after listening to me. I'm not too sure. But let's see um, something from Acts 16, 7 to 10. And we're going to pull a few things out. We're going to go, um, we're going to exegete this passage a little bit. Okay, so hang in here with me. Um, It's going to be helpful to someone. So Acts 16, 7 to 10. When they came to the border of Mysia, this is Paul and co. They've, they've sat down around a whiteboard, they've heard from God and they've gone, you know what, we're meant to be preaching the gospel and we're meant to be preaching it as far as we can go and to as many people as we can. That is God's plan for us. We know what we're doing. We're operating in it. Good, ticking all the Christian goals at this moment. But here in this passage, we see two ways that they have found out God's plan. One is that they're heading to Bithynia, and then they're going to preach in Bithynia, and the Holy Spirit goes, No, nah, you're not going to Bithynia. And I don't know why. We don't know why. We don't know about um, why that would happen in the scriptures, um, but it does. And the Holy Spirit interject and brought them away from Bithynia. So then overnight comes and the next morning comes and they're sitting around the brekkie table, and Paul goes, Hey fellas. Had a dream last night. They go, all right, oh, cool. He's a pretty spiritual guy. What's this about, Paul? He says, well, I I dreamt about a Macedonian man. And they're like, hmm, all right, that sounds a bit weird, but we'll go with it. Okay, what did the Macedonian man do say? He said, well, the Macedonian man was from God and he, he pleaded to come to Macedonia. And so the day before they were heading to Bithynia, thinking that they were doing the right thing by the will of God, and they were, arguably they were. But then the Holy Spirit interjected, changed their course of action. And then only moments, hours later, according to the text, we see that um, that God actually interjects once more with a dream and says, no, this is why you're not meant to go to Bithynia or part of the reason. I want you to go to Macedonia. There's more need there. And so we have two ends of the spectrum of where God Uh, can speak to us or how God can speak to us. We've got the everyday actions that we're taking already. Easy stuff. Now, that could be part of God's plan. It could be part of your plan that you've submitted to God, whatever. But it's routine, everyday, bog standard, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, steps that we're taking um, for our own purpose and for God's purpose too, maybe, if you're living that way. Otherwise, there's a rare supernatural moment where the Holy Spirit interjects and later on the Holy Spirit uh, speaks to Paul in that dream and gives a vision. And so I don't want to weird people out. If you're figuring this Christian thing out, if you're new in your walk with Christ, I don't want to paint the picture as this happens all the time. I don't think I've ever had a really spiritual dream where God just puts this really strong vision into my head and I know exactly what it means. I don't think so. Uh, in my memory. Um, I have a bad memory, but even still, I don't think God has done that. Um, Other people have. And so uh, you might have walked with God for all your life and never had that booming voice, and that's totally okay because he uses different ways to direct our paths and to move us towards the plan that he has for us. So we see two kind of ends of the spectrum in this passage, the everyday, routine, bog standard, mundane and the very rare supernatural, and that's totally okay. There's many other ways that the Lord will redirect our steps and talk to us and reveal plans that he has for us, but they're too in this passage, in this moment. So there's a mixture of proactive things that we can do as Christians, and then there's reactive steps that we take when God interjects or God guides or God gives a word or God gives encouragement or a prophecy or a dream or whatever it might be. So... Let's look, at this, um, let's look at this text once more. And I want to look at uh, my first point this morning. And the first point is, godly people read from the same page. Godly people read from the same page. We're going to go back into verse 10 of Acts 16. And I'm going to look at this in three different ways, just so you know. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia. Concluding that... God had called us to preach the gospel to them. And so um, the Bible originally was written in the Greek language. Two thousand years ago it was written in Greek. So I, so when we try to understand bits of the Bible better, often we'll go back to the Greek and we will read the Greek text with a bit of help from other smart academic people who know better than us to pull out some meaning. And so there's the word conclude in Greek is simbabatso. On three, can everyone say simbabatso? One, two, three. Simbabatso. I love it. You've got to use your hands to say it, simbabatso. It doesn't mean conclude as in thus, therefore, um, this is the way to go no it 's actually stronger it 's more bonding it 's more uniting and it, and it means to cause to come together to unite to knit together or to conclude together so there 's a there's there 's a group element to this word I can make a decision and go for it, but often it 's more powerful to include other people include other godly people on the same page, get their advice, have them pray over it. And so the next morning after Paul's dream, they're all sitting around the brekkie table. I'm just adding a bit of narrative here. Just go with me. And they're sitting around the brekkie table and he comes out and says, yeah, I had this dream, Macedonia man said, go to Macedonia. And they're like, yeah, we're going to Macedonia. All right. And so they, they're just on the same page they've concluded that that's the right way to go about it. They've simbabatsoed that, uh, that that's the way to go. When Phoebe, my wife, um, and I were dating, I don't know, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, it was early, and um, we, she said, hey, I want you to meet my great auntie. She's been a missionary in Papua New Guinea for 50 years, and um, I think it would be really good for you to meet her. And I thought. 50 years, Papua New Guinea, missionary, probably a good idea to meet her. And so I'd met her before. I knew about her story. We were in the same church, but um, I'd never really had a great conversation with her. So she invited us around for dinner. And in my new capacity as uh, Phoebe's trophy boyfriend, I uh, was trying to trying to impress her. And um, anyway, we had a lovely dinner. She's about half my height, which um, I'm on a platform right now, so that's really small. And um, and she takes a phone call towards the end of the evening, and it's from her daughter. And uh, she takes the phone call, and she just says, "Look, I'll call you back, daughter." Um, and and I will – I'll just – I'll chat you afterwards. I'm hosting um, Phoebe Moore and her fiancé, Andrew McKenzie. And I went red at the F word, fiancé. Um, it's not PH. No, it's F. Fiancé. And I just went, oh. Uh, and Phoebe just looked at me and just went, mm, come on, come on, mate. and uh, <laughs> And so – I concluded, I simbabazowed that if a lady has spent 50 years in the highlands of Papua New Guinea serving God and she's had a holy faux pas and called me Phoebe's fiance, then that's probably the course of action that I need to take. <laughs> and so God never got bothered by my prayer of should I marry Phoebe because I just got Arnie Joan to okay it. I thought it was a good idea at that point anyway. I just needed some holy divine inspiration. Um, Anyway, I didn't have a Macedonian man come to me and say, Mary Phoebe, and (laughs) I had Arnie Joan uh, in the flesh uh, who's now in glory. Hallelujah. And um, I might go over to her place for dinner in heaven um, because that's going to be a pretty nice place. Um, But anyway, these guys had the call of God on their life and they knew about it and they were living it. And Despite the setback, they were okay with the change of uh, action, the change of direction. And they all agreed that it was God doing that. They looked at the facts um, and they simbabazowed that they were just going to go to Macedonia. So have godly people in your corner. You know, at the end of this service, we will have an announcement to stick around for After Community. Why not have a chat to someone about um, about anything and meet someone new? And so we'll go out there and instead of... Um, you know, wandering off into our Sundays, stick around and have a chat to someone you've never met because they might be the person that may be able to couple with you and have advice and help you in your spiritual walk. That's why we do it. It's not a social club. It is a church and it is a place where believers can get together and conclude and simbabatso and try and help each other out in the direction towards God's plan for our lives. Now, I don't have a great segue here, but my second point is get ready to leave at once. Get ready to leave at once. Not, don't, don't leave after the service at once, okay? We're moving on from that, but we're moving back into the text of Acts 16, 7 to 10, and we're going to look at verse 10 yet again, but we're going to look at a different part. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God Had called us to preach the gospel to them. There was this sense of urgency, and I don't know how you have um, gone about your walk with God, asking for big dreams and God, what's your plan for my life? What's the will that you have for my life? And maybe you've had a long time where God's um, taken to answer that question, or so you think. But the scriptures are very clear that you can wander the desert for decades like the Israelites did. But the moment God interjects, now is the time to move. Now is the time to respond. And so there's this paradox of waiting on God, but then once he gets there, you, you act, you go. And so um, I want to read a couple of scriptures this morning that highlight this. Now, if you're new to, or you're not even on your journey with Jesus Christ, look at this verse. It's 2 Corinthians 6.2. I tell you, now is the time of God's favour. Now is the day of salvation. There's no getting ducks in a row. There's no, oh, I'll just work on this before I commit to this. No, now, today, now, today is the day of salvation. And so we that's, that's a promise that God gives that if you decide today that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Saviour, He will come into your life and He will change the course forevermore if you will respond to that. Now, if you're, if you're um, along your walk, as a Christian, you might want to read these two Proverbs 16:9 In his heart a man or woman plans his or her course, but the Lord determines his or her steps. Proactive. Get out there. Do what you think God's telling you to do. And he'll redirect your path if he needs to. He determines your steps, the speed, the direction, the pace. All a man's ways seem right to him, it says in Proverbs 21 two, but the Lord weighs the heart. So check your heart and feet. Don't b- blindly move forward, but you can, you can move forward, but just get a bit of momentum in your steps. Get a bit of momentum in what you're doing. So here are five things that you can go over, that you can use as a litmus test when you're trying to make, or try, uh, trying to make a good godly decision in your life, big, small, whether you're going to study at university, whether you're going to marry that person, whether you're going to um, change career. Here's what you can look at. One. Where has God already called me? Are you already working in that? And so number two, am I meant to finish what I'm doing now and then move or am I meant to move now into what God's calling me to do? Here's a bit of advice. Finish what you're doing now. God can change timeframes. Number three, is this benefiting the people around me? Big question. Number four, am I growing spiritually because of this? Number five, is God being glorified through this? If you tick off numbers one to four and number five is a red mark, then it's a bad plan. It's not a balance of probabilities here. It's all in. If God isn't glorified, it's not of God. Not that he does it for his glory, but we do it for his glory. So take that step. Take that step. Um, So to summarise so far, point one, godly people read from the same page. That's advice. Point two, Get ready to leave at once. That's action. Advice and action. Okay, point number three, the play may change, but the plan doesn't. The play may change, but the plan doesn't. What does that mean? Well, if you've played sport with any level of competitiveness and competence, I'm talking a bit more than C grade netball, I'm talking a bit more than D grade cricket, I'm talking like if everyone is there and has has a bit of ability and wants to win and you've got a coach and a captain, you probably have a plan and the plan is to win basically, you're all with me, yep, great, it's that simple, now part of the plan is there'll be um, plays that will be put in place to work out how we achieve that plan of winning, Now, the plays will have um, lots of different options. So, for example, you might change the batting order in your cricket team um, if the run rate needs to be lifted a bit during the game. The context of the game changes, the situation changes, you need to change the play. Or in footy, you might swap some positions around, maybe put uh, an interchange player on and, um, and do some set plays to try and crack their defence. You're working out your strengths, your weaknesses, comparing it against their strengths and their weaknesses. You look at the plays that you're doing And you try and maintain the plan. The plan doesn't change, but the plays do. And so Paul and co were carrying out the plan. And the plan was very simple in verse um, uh, 7, where it says, When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus would not allow them. They weren't doing anything wrong. They were fulfilling the plan. But the play changed. They just had a change of grounds. So they kept doing what they were doing. They kept acting in their calling, but the the grounds changed, and the play changed, and that was totally okay. If you want to read about um, how um, how what how it all turned about in um, in Macedonia, read Titus. That uh, that that tells us um, what happened uh, as they went to Macedonia. But anyway, we don't need to know each part of God's. Um, plan. We just need to have one play and we need to go about that. And so God won't often reveal his whole plan to you. He'll reveal a play that you need to enact now, today, and be responsive with that. And if things change or people change or you change, he might change the play that you're engaging in. For good or for bad, James 1, to 2-4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now, they could have finished that day having been redirected from Bithynia and going, God, why didn't you let us go in there? And they wouldn't have known at that point. And sometimes we think that we're doing the right thing by God or the right thing by the plan that He has for us, and things unpredictable and uncontrollable change to a point where we think, hang on, am I not doing, am I not in God's plan? Did I do something wrong? Or God, where are you? Why aren't you responding? Or you hear my prayer. I'm doing all these things. I'm serving faithfully. I'm tithing faithfully. I'm I'm working in. I'm doing uh, the ministry that you called me to with the people that you've called me to, and and something changes. And so sometimes we often go, well, God's not in it. God's not in it, and so we 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 use our own lens of our own understanding to read that situation, and it can often go awry. It can often go pear shaped if we think that way. But God's plan doesn't change; He just changes the place sometimes. And so, when we look at a bad situation like that, that's when we can consider it pure joy, because we can think, "Oh, well, God maybe might have been rescuing me now in Bithynia." there might have been um, opposition that could have thrown rocks at them, persecuted them. It might have been really dangerous. It might have been a bad idea. In Bithynia, there might have been missionaries already there kicking goals and doing a great job and there wasn't any need for Paul and co to be in there. It might have been a good reason why the Holy Spirit grabbed them and sent them to Macedonia. We don't know. But what we do know is that God sees that. God sees Everything that happens, he's all-knowing, he's all-powerful. And so when he redirects us, we think um, we can think, oh, this is a bad situation or I'm not working with God, I'm not working in God's plan. But no, he can still redirect our path so that we are more effective within the plan that he has for us. And so we're not going to see this plan all the way through. We're not even going to see all the plays because we can't see that stuff. We're human. We're unable to. But God sees it all. He's marked it all. He's mapped it all out. And He has it all sorted for us as long as we're in His Word. We're with a group of believers cheering us on and we take action immediately and respond to the timing and the calling of God. Beware the danger of thinking um, that bad situations are a result of God not being there or Satan being a part of it no god 's bigger than all of that. God can work all th- through all that. He sorted it out. He watched his son die on the cross. An ultimate tragedy it 's all part of the plan i 'm in control it 's fine. Watch this. Just wait three days you 'll see you 'll see. Just wait forty days after that when the Holy Spirit comes down and interjects on the day of Pentecost you 'll see Just hang in there. be with your believers. Keep praying, keep seeking, keep praising. And then God will interject when He needs to. And so I don't know the plan that He has for you. You may not know the plan that He has for you. But I do know that the Bible says that the plans that He has for you are good. They're big, they're full of blessings. And when we pray prayers like, God, reveal your plan to me. God, would you bless me so that I can fulfil that plan? Would you change me so that I can fulfil that plan? Would you strip that particular sin out of me so that I can be more effective for you? When, when we do that, when we say that, when we pray that, it is dangerous for the kingdom of darkness. The world's going to be a better place when Christians stand up and go, God, I want to be in your plan. I want to be in your will. I want to be in the place with the people that you've called me to so that I can affect your kingdom down onto earth. When the world is full of Christians praying that, look out, look out, because the world can be taken over when Christians pray that prayer and act in that way. So I do not know, what you're wrestling with this morning. It might be that you're working out whether this Christianity thing is for you. It is. That was God. (laughs) I don't know if it's trying to uh, change your career, to date that person, to move away, to stay here, to give that money to that cause, to serve on a team, to reconnect with that person, whatever it might be. You may know, you may not know, but when we sit and when we talk to God and we ask for Him to reveal that, He'll talk to us in a way that we can hear, that we can feel, and that will change us from the inside out. Yeah? Would you pray with me? Would you pray with me? We're gonna have a prayer team over here after service who would be more than willing to chat. I'm more than willing to chat and pray with you. Father God, thank You so much that we can be living in your purpose and you can redirect our path. Thank you, Lord, that we can be living outside your purpose and you can still redirect our path. We thank you, Lord, that you are in control. You are all powerful. You are all knowing. You are all present. And we can rely on You and Your plan and Your love for us. Thank You, Father, that You want the best for us. Thank You that You've already mapped that out. Thank You, thank You that You love us and You pursue us and You patiently wait for us to sort out our muck. To hand it over to you and to ask for your help. Thank you that you continue to wait for us to turn back and turn back and to keep turning back. And however many times we need to turn back, we can because you allow us to do that. So, Lord, speak to us this morning. Soften our hearts and plant seeds in there. Stir our spirits up. Help us to be more powerful more loving more intentional more generous more giving more capable of affecting your kingdom here on earth we ask this in your mighty name and everyone said hey again thanks so much for joining us on this podcast whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of jesus there's a next step for you there is always room to grow more to be done destiny to be pursued and people to be reached so what's your next step to find out head over to thechapelcollective.com.au and thanks again for listening